Welcome to the One Question Podcast, brought to you by Wabi Sabi Studios. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion on living a life more unconventionally. This entire podcast stems around one question. If there was one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? No one really told me about the hard bits and I was experiencing all those hard bits and I thought I was the only one. So that's why I feel so passionate about being really honest and transparent and authentic about what it takes to be successful. Liz Nabel stumbled into entrepreneurship after a successful 15-year career as a global TV journalist, including six years in New York. While in the Big Apple, she discovered the bar workout trend and recognised its potential back home in Australia. Returning to Sydney in 2011, amid the GFC turndown, Liz and her husband reassessed their future. Despite having media expertise but no fitness or business training, they embraced the world of franchise. In just six months, they became Australia's pioneer franchisees of Extend Bar, opening their debut location in Sydney. Over the next eight years, they expanded the investment to four locations and a thriving business. Now, through that time of building up the business, Liz recognised her media insights worth and she now imparts her media masterclass to fellow SMEs, sharing insider tips for leveraging publicity to drive business growth. Liz is one smart operator and a dynamic human, and I've always enjoyed catching up over the years we've known each other. Her insights are fabulous, so you're in for a wonderful conversation. Liz, it is so lovely to sit down in front of you and have you on the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm so flattered to be here and it's a real honour to be, be chatting to you on your podcast. Oh, no, it's an honour to be with you. You're the expert in the field we're about to talk about. But let's kick in. If there is one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Well, this is so interesting because when, you know, you asked me to be on the show and I, I had so many different ideas, I had to narrow them down to one because I'm I'm a, you know, a bit of a deep thinker as a, as a former journalist. But I feel like one of, I guess, my pain points in business and in, you know, talking to other women in business and other leadership positions in business, I would love to hear women particularly talk more honestly and transparently about the road to success and and not just highlight all their successes and all the pretty pictures along the way, but be really transparent about what it takes to be successful. What a great topic, Liz. It's something that's dear to my heart as well in the world of social media. You know, having been (laughs) on the executive slog for 30 years, it's a little bit frustrating to see people kind of really highlight how easy it is or how simple they make it out. So why is this an area that you're really passionate about? Tell us a bit about, you know, your kind of career journey and what you've done to get here. My career journey, so my first career was as a journalist, a TV news journalist. So I went to university after school and, you know, went to the regions. I went to Prime TV and Wagga was my first job in TV. And I absolutely fell in love with journalism and and telling stories and just being a part of major events and important kind of historical events. All of that stuff was a real 
adrenaline thrill for me. I, I loved being a journalist. And shortly after, like my first sort of few gigs, I worked in regional TV and then I worked in a 24-hour news channel in Sydney. My husband got posted overseas for his job. So I worked as a freelance journalist in the States, in New York for six years, which was amazing. So covered so many incredible stories and and a lot of it was you know I was still relatively junior at that point but when you work as a freelancer you're you're a Johnny on the spot so you'll often get given really big opportunities because you're there as opposed to your experience or skill. It would have been amazing. So it's such an exciting job. So I covered things like you know when that American Airlines plane crashed into the Hudson River. I covered the UN General Assembly. I did red carpets. I've interviewed lots of you know, celebrities, you know, Hugh Jackman, Nicole Kidman, those sorts of things. So a big range of stories and lots of incredible opportunities, which I loved. And then when we came back to Australia, we had our first child. She was a toddler at that point, And I was pregnant with my son. And I went back to the newsroom and it was so much more mundane than I remembered because, you know, you're working on a news desk. By that point, there really was an intense 24-7 news cycle in play. You know, when I first started out as a journalist, it was, you know, the six o'clock news was sort of the last news of the day. It wasn't a 24-7 thing. And it it had evolved by that point into that. And I just got really, I realized it wasn't going to work for me in terms of wanting to have a young family and work more sort of family-friendly hours. And one of the biggest kind of incentives or motivations for me to go into my own business was I got tired of waiting for someone to choose me. I got tired of waiting for, you know, a boss or a news director to tell me it was my time and I was going to get a promotion or I could be on camera again. And I got really frustrated with not being told I didn't look the right way or sound the right way. And I wanted to be in charge of making those calls. I wanted to pick myself. Charge of your own destiny. So... We went off and we started our own business, which is completely random because it had nothing to do with my husband's background, which was investment banking or my background as a journalist. We started a fitness business um, in 2012 and we grew those businesses to four locations over a period of about five or six years. So, you know, really loved, threw my heart and soul into that business for a long time. And then during COVID, obviously we were shut down for long periods of time. And so I started to think about like what my next move might be, like how I was going to make my next career move and and how I could potentially tweak again how I worked and working more on my own terms. We were part of a franchise fitness business. So I I think I just don't like authority. (laughs) I didn't like being told what to do. So, you know, how could I do my own thing in in even a more pure way? And then that's sort of what led me to the business that I'm in now, which is coaching women-led businesses and female founders how to grow their business using the media and PR. And it's more of an online business at the moment. And I do, you know, podcasts, obviously, and keynote speaking and that sort of thing, but sort of introducing women to the possibilities that are out there when they they use the media and PR to promote themselves and and to promote their brand or their business. So, And you're very good at it. You know, we've known each other for a while. You're you're very good at what you do and that expertise. And your fitness business, Extend, I was a member for a while before I had all my injuries. (laughs) Fabulous business. You're very successful in that space. So I want to dig then deeper about, you know, your feeling around this transparency and I guess not putting words into your mouth, but I know from my own experience that, you know, business is bloody hard. You know, running your own company where you're hustling and you're doing everything yourself. A lot of those, you know, Insta people don't really talk about all the shit behind the scenes, right? So tell me more about that. Like what what is it that you're 
you know, want to kind of get across with this? I felt for a long time in my business when I first started out, it was quite lonely and I didn't really know what I was doing. I was completely naive. I know I'm smart and and I don't feel like that's a, a cringy thing to say. I knew I was smart enough to do it, but I didn't feel like I had, you know, mentors or role models in the beginning to show me the way or to help me, you know, and, and, and a lot of in business, as you know, is, is failing and getting up and learning from those failures and going again. I just was like, I'm looking at all these people, you know, on Instagram and in these women's networking groups and that sort of thing, telling me how amazing it is and how well they're doing and, you know, how much revenue they're making. And then I I was like, well, what am I doing wrong? I must be doing something wrong. I'm never going to be successful because no one really told me about the hard bits. And I was experiencing all those hard bits and I thought I was the only one. So that's why I feel so passionate about being really honest and transparent and authentic about what it takes to be successful, whatever, however you quantify success in your life, whether it be money or family or work-life balance, I'm a big believer in being really honest about what that takes. And I think I can't help myself when people ask me about business, I have to tell them the whole truth. I can't lie about it. When things are hard, it's written all over my face. So I guess I would love to kind of open that conversation for you know women coming into business for the first time or leaving the corporate slog, they might have a side hustle. It's not easy and it's not for the faint-hearted and, and you, you want to know that at the outset. So when things get hard, you know that that's normal and that everybody's been through those deep troughs just like you. Yeah, I think different people over time. I remember an interview, I think it was both Steve Jobs and Bill Gates were sitting in the same interview and they were being interviewed by someone years, obviously a long time ago. But Steve Jobs talked about it. It's like, you know, you want to be really passionate about what you do because it is really hard (laughs) and there will be shitty times. There'll be, you know, times that you really doubt that you've made the right decision. There are times like it's easier to go back to the corporate world, you know, go, well, I've got a dedicated pay. I, you know, can leave the job, you know, go in and out, like all the different things I get paid when I have holidays, I get paid on public holidays, which, you know, most of us know we haven't had a public holiday in years, like 20 years. (laughs) So, there is an attraction to that, but it was really interesting to hear, you know, these people that would have turned out to be billionaires talk about that as well, which is refreshing. So if you wanted to sort of give someone listening some advice and they might be contemplating going out on their own or, you know, starting a side hustle that maybe they go, okay, I'm ready for this to then leap into a full-time job. What are some of the key things of pieces of advice you would give to those sort of people and things that they need to be aware of? Yeah, there's a few things I would give people as a piece of advice. I think, you know, as you know from having your own businesses for such a long time, there's a real hustle. You're constantly hustling when you're in business. And I often say to my husband, you know, I just feel like I'm in survival mode all the time. And that can be exhausting. So you sort of, you have to be prepared to take the step out from that comfort zone, which is having a full-time job. Now, obviously having a full-time job in a big corporation or working for someone else has it's got its own stresses. It's certainly not a walk in the park, but you do have the comfort in the back of your mind that you're going to get that paycheck every week. You know that your holiday is going to get paid. You know that, you know, to a certain extent you can take sick leave or pay parental leave or any of those things. There's a real mindset there. I feel like envious many days still, even after 12 years of doing this, where I think it would just be easier to go and get a full-time job and then I could switch from survival mode into my comfort zone. You've got to be prepared to hustle and to have the energy to continue to do that when it gets hard. 
I think the other thing I would say is surround yourself with people who, you know, I, I found a lot of the time when I first opened the first business that, you know, I didn't want to talk to my girlfriends about business and nor did they really want it. Like they don't care. I mean, not in a negative way. They just, you know, they're my girlfriends and they're there to have a wine and have a cocktail and, and have good chat. Like if they don't have businesses themselves, you mean? Like if you've got mates that have businesses, I guess it's a different yeah. thing, isn't it? And I mm. feel like the best thing I did was surround myself with a group of women who did have businesses and did understand that hustle and that slog. And and also I think you have to kind of be prepared to feel fear constantly every day and you know, look that fear in the face and forge ahead. The self-doubt, I mean, most people would say I'm, I'm a relatively confident person, but every day you are doubting yourself. There's self-doubt. I'm, I'm painting a really negative picture here, but I'm, I mean, obviously I'm still- no, but this is the stuff, Liz. This is the why you want to talk about this because I couldn't agree more. Like people see me, they're like, confident, you don't have any worries. I'm like, you have no idea what's going on in this head. And the fact that most nights, you know, in terms of sleeping, you're always thinking about your business. And that's what people never realize is that I never switch off. I've been able to manage that, you know, voice in my head over the years, but I am a person that is driven, you know, and it's constant. I constantly come up with ideas and things and I have to channel that in a way. Again, it's a challenge with your own business. You never finish. You never get to that finish line. It's like a constant evolution because you get to a point and you go, I can do this better. Oh, there's another opportunity. Oh, there's something else that's come up. Do I scale the business up? Do I bring more staff on? Like all the things you've got to think about. It's not about you painting a negative picture. I think your point is that this is the reality, right? And if you want to go down this track, which I would highly recommend personally, for me, it's been amazing, but it's not for everyone. And I think that's the other key point, right? It's not for everyone. And I think at the end of the day, your desire needs to be, even if it's only 51% to the doubts, 49%, that desire to make it work and to make it happen needs to constantly be sitting just over the top of that doubt because the doubt will crush you. You know, and even the world's most confident people, you know, the self-doubt is that little negative voice in your head saying, you're not good enough, you're not big enough, you're not making enough money. Look at that person over there making this much money. You know, all my girlfriends are super successful in big corporations, probably earning 10 times what I make. But to me, I have to keep pushing myself back into my own lane saying that's not my journey, that's theirs. So you have to have a really strong I guess, resilience and ability to see those failures and those troughs that you go through in, in your business, to be able to really be resilient to those failures and remind yourself constantly that that's part of the journey and everyone goes through this and to get up and, and to have another crack. And so you talked about getting a network. How did you find those people? Like you deliberately sourced them or was it you sort of stumbled across them or... And then also, how did they help you? I probably did a bit of both. So I guess as a journalist, we talked about this before we hit record, I'm, I'm naturally inquisitive and curious. And I like I love being surrounded by interesting people, even if they're not in my direct field or in my industry. I'm fascinated by how things work in other people's businesses. Because a lot of the time, right, we have this comparison culture where we're looking to someone's business. You know, they might have a $2 million business and you might have a $500,000 business. But I started to ask people questions around me about their businesses. And then finally, I worked out that even if they have a $2 million business and they're spending $2 million, my business was technically making more money. Not that that matters, but it just gave me some sort of appeased me a little bit to know that that sort of transparency and understanding those figures and those basics of business. So I asked a lot of people around me about their businesses and how they worked. 
And then I did also seek out like a women's networking group and I got put into a small group of about, I think there was about eight of us. I'm not part of that group anymore just because of the nature of my life at the moment with multiple businesses and kids and all those sorts of things. But I'm still friends with all those girls now and I still email them and text them and call them and tap in if I need help or I have questions and they would be the same with me. So I felt like that was a a really important thing for me to do is, you know, seek out those people around me. And then naturally keeping in touch with anyone who I felt like a natural affiliation with who was supportive of me and I was supportive of them. I tried to keep those people in my wheelhouse as well for when times got tough or if I had questions or I was doubting again. Yeah, it's good. I think equally the same, I think, as you say, I've got different mates in different fields and I've got a lot of friends that have different businesses that, you know, over the years, yeah, I just ask the same, like just random questions about how they navigate particular things. And I've learned a lot through those sort of phases. I want to pick up on the point you said about having mates that have got big roles with big companies and stuff. I've always had a bit of a view around that, you know, brand, like we, we kind of hide a bit behind the brand. And I'm curious about your view, how you've navigated that space as a business owner yourself, you know, versus say, oh, I'm the CMO for Google or I'm the managing director for, you know, this big brand X and whatever versus, you know, us having our little business full. I'm in charge of my business. <laughs> you know, you're, you're an owner, you're a founder. But if it is a little business, there is that insecurity element, I guess. But For me, over the years, it's been an interesting transition to see people that have so much ego attached to the brand name of which that they work and the title that they have. And I'm curious about your view on that. That's interesting because I feel like from my days working behind the scenes, you know, as a journalist, as a reporter, as a producer, I got to see behind the scenes of pretty much, you know, so everywhere we did stories on, we did stories of you know, on banks and businesses and and people in, you know, general news. So I got to see the behind the scenes before there were things like Instagram and Facebook and those sorts of things which painted, you know, a certain image of someone and a beautiful aesthetic of, of what it's like to work in a big corporation or what it's like to have a high-powered position in a big corporation. I feel like I called bullshit on that years ago. I know that what you see is not always what you get. And I've known that from the very beginning. And I know that from working behind the scenes on television shows and making new shows that the end product is designed to be the end product for a reason. It's the finished product, you know, but there's a lot of scraps on the cutting floor of the editing room that didn't make it for obvious reasons. So I know that even if you are working as a CMO for a big blue chip company that's listed on the stock exchange, Nothing is ever as good as it seems and nothing is ever as bad as it seems. So all of those positions come with a lot of responsibility. They come with a lot of stress and they come with a lot of politics. And a lot of them are paying good money for a reason that's blood money because they want you to forget the rest of your life and work for them 24-7. So I, I do get that. And I think knowing that coming into doing what I do, even though there definitely is self-doubt sitting on my shoulder all the time. I also know that the grass is not greener. So I would rather be in charge of running my own show over that any day. I actually don't think I would be very good working in a big corporate structure anymore anyway, because I'm so used to being kind of agile and nimble and, and calling the shots. And I don't know if I'd do well under a big chain of command because I'd want the freedom to have crazy ideas and see the vision, (laughs) which is probably like lots of us who have our own business, right? But I definitely know the grass is not green up for sure. And, and, And lots of money, even though you think that it would be the answer to all your prayers at different stages in your business, 
is certainly never the case because if it was, no one would be doing what we do. Mm, It's true. And do you think there's a type of person though, like an entrepreneur, do you think there's personality types that kind of fit into that? Because I've had people over my kind of career come to me and say, oh, you know, they might have worked with me when I was running kind of big companies and stuff. And they said, I've had this sort of side hustle. I want to do this sort of side hustle and I want to have my own business. And just the elements that I knew about them in terms of their day job thinking, oh, I'm just not sure you've got the grunt and the grit and the tenacity to kind of make it in that world. But, you know, I didn't want to dishearten them, but I did used to give them some pretty good home truths about what it's like to have your own business. So, do you feel there is a personality type that's you know more successful than others? Or Yeah, I feel like there's a few different sorts of personalities who go into entrepreneurship. And I think the ones that do the best are playing the long game and ready to stay the course. So I saw this quote, I don't know if you follow like Adam Grant, he's a behavioral psychologist who's become kind of a celebrity in, in himself. And I, he, there was something on his Instagram the other day that said something along the lines of, you know, what looks like success is often just patience. And I'm extremely impatient. And that's the other thing I have to keep reminding myself is, is patience, patience. You know, you've only been in this 12 years, which sounds like a long time, but it's not because so many women that I'm working with have been in 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, and now their businesses are coming into fruition. So I think, you know, those tech entrepreneurs, a lot of the time, I feel like they're, they're like a little bit too chill for my liking, but I'm super envious of that as well because I want to be chill. Like I want to be more chill because when you're chill, it feels like you, you understand that this is going to take time and you're not so crazy about making it happen right now because you turn yourself inside out trying to make something happen now that's not going to happen for a few years. So I think there's a few different kinds of personalities, but the linking factor that they all have in success is that they're ready to play the long game and they're, and they're prepared to stay the course because, you know, like we were talking before, you know, on Instagram, people talk about side hustles, making them all this money, you know, overnight or passive income. Like they, there is no such thing in my opinion. And I think that's false advertising and it leads you to disappointment and dissatisfaction and feeling like a failure when you're actually not. You actually just need to be patient and consistent and continue the slog even when you don't feel like doing it. Show up every day. Showing up every day. I don't want to do this today. This is not working. I don't feel like it's going anywhere. And you just have to be patient and consistent. And I think that's the linking factor in a successful entrepreneur, no no matter what their other traits of their personality are. Mm. And I think the other point there is around the showing up even when you think people aren't watching or listening. And if you do follow some of the people that are wildly successful, to your point, that have been around for, you know, 20, 30 years or been slogging it out for 10 years on a particular thing, they said, you know, I used to do a podcast and five people listen or I used to do, you know, a video sort of information real thing on online and two people would show up. And so you have to have that, again, the long game, as you said, but the belief in that, you know, you're doing what you want to do and be passionate about it, but also kind of just know that actually those that are hugely successful started off slow and started off with nothing as well, most of them. It's not true that, you you know, you decide you start a business today, you know, tomorrow you've got 50,000 followers and, you know, you've got all the money rolling. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. So, as you said, it's BS. It's so misleading. Like I, 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 you, I feel like you also need to be prepared to put yourself out there and feel a bit foolish. And I really struggle with that because I do care what people think. 
even though to a certain extent I don't anymore, there is a sense of, I remember when I first launched my course, it was only at the beginning of this year I started launching the media course. And that's the one like Media Masterclass, is that? Yeah, it's a Media Masters Academy. It's a five-week media course where I teach, you know, women founders how to grow their business using the media and PR. And so I sort of didn't, I think psychologically, and this is me self-analyzing myself, but I didn't launch it for so long because I thought if I don't launch it, then I can't say I haven't failed because I was so worried that no one would do it. So I just kept going, oh, I'll wait another month and I'll just fix this and I'll just do this. And then finally I was like, stuff it, I'm going to do it. And I did a live launch like I'm doing right now. Actually, I've got a week of live launch right now. So I do like a live Instagram where I do free media training for eight nights straight. And my daughter was following me on Instagram. And that night I went into her bedroom and she goes, I'm so sorry, mum, I feel so bad for you. And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, I saw you doing that live tonight and there was one person watching. And I felt so like a cross between like mortified that she would think she was genuinely like, mum, what are you doing? Like, there's no one watching you. Like, you're not making a difference here. Like, what are you, you know, she was concerned for me. And it took me a moment where I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, this is embarrassing. Like my own child is thinking, you know, mum's a failure. And then I sort of caught myself and I was like, okay, what you don't understand here is I'm starting this for the first time and I was fully prepared for no one to watch me and no one could watch me for the first three times I launch. And I know that that's very possible that that could happen. So I I have to adjust not only my expectations, but the expectations of my family and my kids, because they also think that success happens like that and it just doesn't. She's a good teaching moment though, isn't it, yeah. for your daughter to realise that you're starting from nothing and that's okay. Yeah. You're going to have one or two people. But that's interesting though as a kid, you know, that's on social media all the time and sees all these, you know, famous people with huge followings and thinks that that's normal. So, yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah, and, and they see, you know, they see other people who in their mind have more things or whatever, you know, and it's really hard as a kid to say, you know, mum and dad have started a new business and, you know, that that's our journey, not someone else's. Yeah. You touch on a good point there that I thought about earlier with you, that how do you deal or any thoughts and, you know, ideas on how to deal with the criticism you get, like for, you know, as you're saying, we're hustling all the time in your business, but the criticism you may get from your friends or family on seeing you in this platform because you are putting yourself out there, you know, as I said before, you know, those big corporates and we've both worked for big companies where you hide behind the brand and that's where the power is. When you're doing this yourself and it is your own name and, you know, and you're showing up differently online, it's not like your mates that are just putting holiday photos up. You're putting business stuff out there and it makes other people feel quite uncomfortable about it. And over my kind of journey, I've had people comment and go, oh, you know, you're kind of out there, you're on social media a lot. I'm like, yeah, because that's my business. Like, I kind of need to do that. What's your view of that? I, and again, I I think a lot of people would probably listen to me or watch me and think she's super confident. I really struggled because my last business wasn't me. It was a brand. This business is me. I'm the face. I'm the brand. And I really struggled to put myself out there because I knew I'd be starting from zero. Again, took me months to even set up Instagram. I kept delaying it, thinking if I just delayed it, then I couldn't say I wasn't successful because I just hadn't (laughs) done it. And you know what I did? I found the people that intimidated me most were very like close family. And my husband's super supportive of me and he's only ever been anything but supportive of me. So, and he's never on social media, so I didn't worry about that. But I had close family members who would make comments and I just blocked them. They don't even know I blocked them. 
<laughs> because that was that was holding me back. So I would do, you know, like a, an Insta Live to do this media training or, or media masterclasses and those sorts of things. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking about what they would think. And I thought, I can't run a business like this. So I just exclude them from everything. I've got like a personal page and stuff and that's fine because now I don't have to worry about it because I know that they're not looking and judging. And I guess I'm, I've, I've already established my business to a certain extent, even though it is relatively new in the scheme of business journeys, where now I don't really care anymore. And, you know, most of my close girlfriends are super supportive and, you know, I sent out an email the other day about the Matildas and about the PR work that's been done for women in sport. And I got some beautiful emails back from close friends saying, you're doing amazing work. And I just think, you know, the brain is trained to listen to negative bias. And so I really try hard and I don't always succeed, but I try really hard to go. I know my brain is thinking, hang on to that negative comment. Think about that negative comment, but I I try really hard to know that that's what's happening. And so I'm going to overcome that you know, human instinct to think about the negative and, and really try and appreciate the, the positive comments or the positive feedback. It's not always possible, but I'm much better at it, much, much better at it than I was, say, a year ago or 18 months and ago. And I think you're right though, Liz. I think it takes, you know, training and retraining and actually kind of cutting some slack for ourselves and being kinder to ourselves. And one of the quotes that kind of really resonates, you know, Brene Brown always says about, you know, if you're not in the you know, in the arena with me, fighting, doing it, putting yourself on the line, then you have no right to have an opinion. So basically, you know, bugger off. So exactly. that that's something that I think about all the time when I've had people kind of comment and say stuff. And so now I actually retaliate and I go, what are you doing with your life? You know, you work for that brand. You've got no idea what I'm going through. Yeah. So don't like, don't give a comment like that. As a mate, I'd expect, or as a family member, I'd expect you to support me and I really need that support. So I kind of call them out. I put up with it for years, but now I push back a bit and it's quite jolting, I guess, for them, but it's the best thing for them to understand that it is tough. Like it is harder than people realise and they're not doing it. So they don't get to have a say. No. And I think maybe just going back to your last question about what I would advise someone starting out right now, you just brought up a good point about knowing you know, about yourself and about what you're predisposed to do, which is take on that negative comment. I would say surround yourself with not self-help books and stuff, but anything where you can start to develop as a person or start to think in a different way about things too. So, you know, when you're, you know, going into a debate with someone about anything, it doesn't have to be about your business, but being able to put yourself to see other people's perspectives and to evolve as a person, however that looks for you. It might be, you know, going to conferences a couple of times a year that are out of your comfort zone or, you know, listening to podcasts or whatever, reading books. But to understand the psychology of that and to evolve as a person is massive because if you stay as the person that you were when you started the business, the business won't grow either. So I try and go, I understand that you're not willing to put yourself out there and do something like start your own business and you feel kind of resentful of someone like me who's done that for whatever what, whatever their psychology is behind making negative comments and know that that's a pretty normal you know response for people in that space and just to move on and and to sort of let it kind of ride you know water off a duck's back a bit more than I used to because you know otherwise we wouldn't you know do anything we would just go back to our day jobs right we wouldn't change the world. Yeah, correct. And everything we're doing is having a greater impact on the world and those around us. But Liz, we could chat all day. And we could talk all day. <laughs> it's been so lovely to talk to you and such a great conversation, really interesting topic and so important for people 
to realise, but also for those that don't have their own business, you know, to hear your kind of opinions on that stuff as well. It's really good to, you know, how they can support others and it might be their friends or family that they need to support through this journey. So really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's my absolute pleasure to be here, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Well, there you have it. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. If you did like it, can I ask a small favor? Please rate and review on your listening platform for me. I know everyone asks this, but it seriously makes a difference to help get these conversations out in the world and makes all the hard work and effort I put into this for you all the more worthwhile. And until next time, if you have one question you'd like to ask me, hit me up on my socials or jump on my website, michellejcox.com. <laughs>